This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, you're tuned in to The Property Show and I'm Sim Weeboon. Malaysians are among the top buyers and even investors in the UK property market. The best example of this is the redevelopment of the Battersea project, which is spearheaded by a consortium of Malaysian investors comprising of PNB, Saimdabi, SP Satya and EPF. But as the UK contends with recession and higher mortgage prices, is real estate is the real estate market market cooling sharply this year? For some thoughts, we speak to Stuart Leslie, the international sales and marketing director with Barrett London, a developer from the UK. Good morning, Stuart, and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Sim. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's start off with uh, my first question, which is, you know, the realist, as I said earlier, the real estate um, market in the UK has always been highly favoured among Malaysian property investors. But have you seen interest return change since the reopening of economy and borders? Absolutely. In, in fact, we, we saw interest from Malaysia throughout the, uh, historically throughout the, uh, the last four or five years through the, the pandemic and as things have opened up. But of course, as um, there was lots of uncertainty at that time, and now people are very much looking at the best options available to them, both for investment and for lifestyle choices. Um, we've seen a lot more visitors to the UK, and we've seen a lot more transactions um, across the, the, the globe. But but uh, absolutely from Malaysia, we've seen an increase of, of inquiry and buyers in, in London across all of our projects. But is it um, back to like pre-pandemic levels, or are we still trying to reach that level the, the challenge with um with calling the market is that you never really know where it is until after the effect and um, what people are seeing at the moment is that it's excellent value for money to invest into the uk both because of the currency um uh, weakness from from the pound which which was uh, affected both by the last year's um uh, budget and uh, political turmoil but also, uh, we had Brexit, which was before the um, the pandemic as well. So, as a as a fundamentally strong market and as a market that has stood the test of time for several hundred years of, of investment, London is in is in an opportunistic point at the moment for investors to enter the market, and that that's what we're seeing. We're seeing more first time investors and people looking for alternative investments to the Malaysian market. And London is a, a very popular choice for their first investment overseas. Okay, but what are the main motivations for Malaysians to buy property in the UK? Is it more for investments or would it be more for own stay? So it's, it's definitely for investments, absolutely. And uh, across all of our projects in London at the moment, investors can achieve upwards of 4.5% and sometimes above 5%. So that's quite attractive when it's an asset-backed security in a strong fundamental market, and particularly where there are areas that are regenerative um, projects going on. So there's increased capital growth and, and strong rental markets as well. Um, but definitely the second reason for people investing from Malaysia is because their children are coming to study here, and whether it be boarding school or whether it be a university, uh, there's a real affinity to the UK education system, and that's definitely the second driver. 
And that does have knock-on effects as well. So when people graduate from university, they often want to spend time in the UK um, going into industry or in, into business, uh, particularly in the financial sector for, for Malaysian clients. But um, yeah, th those are the two main reasons. We do get some people wanting to purchase for second homes or properties to use in holiday periods, but that's quite unusual. It's mostly investment and, and as you said, uh, sort of uh, their own use of the property as well. But what about the kinds of developments that people look into when they are investing? Is it residential or commercial? So as the UK's largest residential developer, we, we don't have any commercial property um, that we sell retail. So um, we sell, we, we're purely involved in residential property and, and we, do, we have seen an increase in demand from Malaysian clients for residential property. I think that's fueled by two things. One is that um, our projects at the moment, uh, there's a lot of focus on cost of living and efficiency of property and efficiency of investment. So new build properties are particularly more green and more energy efficient than um, second uh, market properties or, or um, secondhand properties. And uh, the second thing is that the rental market is extremely strong at the moment. In fact, it's at a, at a 30 year high um, where there's you know, uh, waiting lists for properties, there's increased rents uh, across the capital, and that's really driving uh, better rental returns for the customers as well. Okay, let, let's get back to some of the basics then. You know, if a Malaysian wants to buy a property in the UK, what kind of taxes and regulations do they have to abide by? The first thing to, to note is that we, we don't really give advice on taxation. Um, we, we do have uh, partners that can assist with that. But basically, it's exactly the same as a UK buyer purchasing a property in the UK. So you need to per you need to, you need to um, select the property, pay the reservation fee, and then you would instruct a solicitor and pay the deposit. That's that's really all you do up until the property is completed. So whether the property is six months off completion or two years off completion, you only put that ten percent down and, and go through that conveyancing process. When you get to completion. There are a couple of uh, fees to pay, so the stamp duty fees. Um, so there is an additional uh, fee for overseas investors or for people who don't have their first home um, and are moving to the UK. So there are a couple of in, uh, increased costs there. And then there's a few things like fees of um, searches for property background checks and making sure that the conveyancing is all done correctly. There's, there's really not that much um, as far as taxes or fees on the, uh, on the transaction itself. But obviously, if you rent the property out, then there are income tax uh, implications as well. But then again, everybody in the UK who's an investor will have uh, an accountant or a bookkeeper to help to manage that and make sure that all of the allowances are applied and it's, the property is, is as efficiently run as possible. And that may be putting the property into a company, um, in which case the interest rates of, of the interest that's paid on the mortgage can be deducted from the income of the property before any dividends or payments are made to the customer. So there's a couple of different circumstantial elements to consider. And what we always advise our customers is, look, you're purchasing a property in the UK market, it's not going to be for a day or a week, it's going to be for a significant period of time. So take some tax advice and make sure that you're doing it in the most tax efficient way possible for yourself and your, your personal circumstances. So last year, the threshold for zero stamp duty was doubled uh, to £250,000. And for the first time home buyers, it's increased to £425,000. What does that mean for overseas investors? So I attended um, our Help for Home Buyers event, which is all of our projects come together and we 
uh, and try to answer the questions of the general public in the UK focused on the first time buyer market. And, and that question came up and, and the, the the answer from the panel was 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 excellent. Basically, when you purchase property into the UK, whether it's an investment or whether it's a lifestyle purchase, it's an emotional purchase. I don't know any investor that doesn't put, that doesn't invest in something if it doesn't feel right. They just wouldn't do it. So it's really important, first of all, to, to understand why you want to purchase a property in the UK. Nine times out of 10, it's because of the strong fundamentals of the market. It's because of the um, legal system that's very robust and very established. And it's because there's a good rental market, therefore driving your rental returns. So once you make that decision that you want to invest into the UK, you look at the costs that are involved in it. And for, for first-time buyers, obviously, it's very difficult to get onto the, the housing ladder in the UK. And so that's why those thresholds have been increased by the UK government. It's particularly um, focused on the domestic market, and it's there to help customers get onto the first-time buyer market and the, first, and, and the property ladder. So the average amount of time to save for a property for a first-time buyer is eight years. So if you have less cost and, and therefore um, less stamp duty, then that allows more people to get onto the housing ladder, which keeps the momentum of the, of the market moving forward. That's why we're, we're purchasing new land. We're looking at our future um, pipeline of development. We've, we've got lots of new projects coming to the market, and that's quite unusual in this market where a lot of the developers are holding back. But we really see a strong fundamental growth in that uh, lower tier and first time buyer market. All right, we're going to take a short break for some messages. And after that, we'll dive into the case of buying a new built property in London. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're tuned in to The Property Show and I'm Sim Wee Boon. Today, joining us for a conversation on the London property market is Stuart Leslie, International Sales and Marketing Director with Barrett London, a developer from the UK. Stuart, with the trends of working from home and increasing unaffordability of homes generally, are you noticing an a pattern where maybe buyers are acquiring properties further away from the city centre? So that's a great question. And we've seen that trend um, really from the beginning of the pandemic, where people were, one of the only reasons for people to be allowed out in the pandemic was to go and look at properties, view properties and purchase properties. So there was a lot of people going around and looking at um, really what, what type of property and what specification of property that they really wanted. Of course, things like internet were really important because everybody spent their life on Zoom. Um, but outside space and community was very important as well. So making a home rather than a, a house or an apartment block is very important. So yes, there's absolutely um, a strong push towards uh, lifestyle and the quality of life that people have in our in our buildings. As an example, we had we had an investor from uh, Malaysia who bought into our project in um, Eastman Village. Eastman Village is a large regeneration project. It was the old Kodak factory where they used to produce um, photographic materials. We bought that site as a large uh, brownfield industrial site. It's outside London, um, the centre of London, but it's still commutable within 25 minutes into the centre of London. We're building as a master plan over 2,000 properties. Um, that customer bought because they were sending their child to a university in the centre of London. Uh, they purchased the property in 2019. Uh, that property has increased in value by 15%. Of course, the market has increased by 15%, but that regenerative effect of building a community and creating a space that is really welcoming and developing into a, a, a village-style uh, development 
has driven those values uh, significantly higher than the purchase price. So good example there of where, you know, if you choose a nice place to live, people will want to live in there in the future and therefore the, the values will, will be strong. Okay, so with Barrett London being a residential developer in the capital, what are the pros and cons that you would say of buying a new built property? In London, we've been regenerating and, and redeveloping areas of London for, for over 30 years. And what we've seen is that there's an increase in interest in um, quality of build, quality of specification. And the other thing is is energy efficiency that we spoke about um, a few moments ago. And that's really topical at the moment. Anything to save customers money, whether it's their tenants, if they're renting it out on electricity bills um, and the efficiency ratings of our property are excellent. So that really helps to keep the energy costs down. So the, the, there's a lot of um, elements that, that go into um, purchasing the property. But the most important thing is, are you purchasing from a trusted uh, developer? Do you like the area? And is there a reason for you moving into that area, whether it be for family, whether it be for your job, um, or whether it be for transportation reasons? Um, and then really making the home a, a home and the, or the house into a home. Okay, you mentioned energy uh, energy prices, energy bills, and I think that's a big uh, stickler point, a big factor when considering to buy a house in the UK, you know, and with the energy bills uh, skyrocketing recently, I mean, what adaptations are included in new builds and what environmental credentials can investors look out for? We've got a couple of projects, that special projects that are going on at a group-wide level across the country. Uh, so we have a, a property that uh, was the energy house that we built um uh, with a number of different suppliers to help understand where the best efficiencies are across the um, residential property. So whether it be solar panels, whether it be ground source heat pumps or air source heat pumps, um, whether it be different sources of heating for uh, instead of conventional radiators, it's perhaps um, uh, heated wallpaper panels or um, skirting boards, all the way through to smart te technology. So things like... Um, uh, being able to charge your car when your your electric car when you when the tariffs are low, and then using your car as a backup battery for your property when the tariffs are high to keep the energy levels low. So that is, there's that experimental and that sort of groundbreaking technology that we're um, investing into, and we're and we're working with universities on um, how we maximise the efficiencies for our properties. But the, but if we go back to the, you know the the cost of living and and getting onto that that. Um, investment ladder. There are now green mortgages as well, which recognise that in new build properties, the there is a significant saving because of the energy efficiencies. Therefore, the affordability of customers that want to take out that mortgage product is higher. So there's a there, whilst there is a real understanding that the cost of energy has increased, there's also an um, understanding from the lending market that there are ways that you can reduce those costs. And the number one way is to buy a, a new build property where the efficiency levels are much, much higher. Okay, but in terms of cost savings, how much is actually translated into the actual energy bill? We've, we've had properties that are zero carbon, um, or have a zero carbon footprint. And we've also seen that there are approximately 30 to 35% savings on the ongoing runnings, running of the property for energy um, in the, those uh, experimental um, locations. And we're testing those properties both from very high um, temperatures up to 40 degrees down to below freezing. So the, 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 there is 
a lot of data that goes into that. But what we see day in, day out, and when we speak to our customers, one of the main reasons why people are coming to talk to us at the moment about buying new build properties is because the costs of living in old Victorian properties or second market properties are so high. The insulation is very poor. Um, the, um, the, there are drafts in the property. The, you know, there's, there's lots of maintenance to be done on those properties. And the cost of those is, is extremely high. They're very inefficient. The other issue is that if you're an investor looking at residential property in the UK, there's going to be increased uh, legislation on energy efficiencies. So things like gas boilers will not be allowed into properties anymore. Um, and you have to produce higher rating efficient properties. And, and the, the only way to achieve those practically for a new investor is to purchase into new build properties. It's impossible to take old properties and uh, and turn those into efficient properties and um, are very cost prohibitive. Okay, but these properties, uh, you know, in London, they, they do do have a unique charm to them. You know, these unique and charming Victorian mansion flats. Perhaps, would you have an estimation on the cost of modern day improvements for these type of properties? Then, so statistically speaking, um, we can estimate that the cost of running a new build property versus a second hand or let's say a Victorian property um, that perhaps is aesthetically pleasing. Um, but perhaps not as practical as a as a new build property. It's approximately fifteen to twenty percent um, on an annual basis. So, so if you consider your energy costs at the moment, I, I mean, energy costs for a one bedroom property will probably be in the region of twelve hundred to thirteen hundred pounds uh, per year on on electricity alone. You can reduce that by several hundred pounds. So it, it is significant. Um, but the more significant um, consideration is these green mortgages and the focus from the lenders on purchasing. If you're going to invest in a property and it's going to be medium to long term, you need to invest into a, a, a um, efficient property to make sure that your costs are minimized. Upon purchasing properties, what options are available for investors afar to manage their properties? So um, I'll give you another example. So we had a customer, um, again from Malaysia, who bought a property in East London um, in, in um, New Marketplace, uh, it was approximately two years ago. They rented the property out through a local partner here we, we have called Benham and Reeves. Um, they also do uh, furniture packs as well. So it's really a turnkey solution. But they, they're, they're a similar business to ours whereby they've been established for over uh, 40 years. They have um, 30 offices across London. So they become local experts in each local rental market. And that's really important when you're selecting clients and you're maximizing those uh, rental opportunities for the investor. But they take a turnkey solution. So whether it's uh, putting the furniture pack in, uh, having the tenants ready to move in. Um, in. In fact, in that instance, it was only three weeks from when the property was notified to be completed. They, they rented the property out so that when the keys were collected, the client moved in two days later. So it's really important to use a local um, agent we have lots that we can recommend, but in, in that instance with that Malaysian buyer, it was Benjamin Reeves that, that helped them out. Um, and what's your gauge of, uh, what's, what, what is a good rental yield in London? So if I look at our rental yields across our project, we have um, some really exciting numbers. Uh, if we look at Hayes Village, uh, Hayes Village is a, another industrial site, but it's, it's quite exciting. It's a, an old chocolate factory, so it used to be the Nestle chocolate factory. And um, Sim, who doesn't want to live in a chocolate factory? It's like a, a childhood dream. It's, it's fantastic. So Art Deco buildings, 
they have gym facilities, they have concierge facilities, they have lots of green space, it's a wonderful project. But their rental yields that they're achieving at the moment are upwards of 5%, it's just over 5, 5.03%, um, but it's super uh, rental uh, projections. If we look at other projects, so for example, Eastman Village that was the Kodak factory, they're achieving 2.99% uh, um, on three beds, 4.61% on two beds, and 4.31 on one bed. Um, so, you know, they, they are um, high fours or above even 5% in some instances. Even on more residential projects, so Ridgeway Views is a London uh, country estate within half an hour's commute of central London. Um, beautiful, 46 acres of beautiful green space overlooking the Cottage Valley, and they're achieving, again, 5.04%, so well over that um, 5% uh, mark. And that really makes the investments very attractive. If you if you consider the interest rates that um, you're getting for savings at the moment, even with the base rates increasing, they're still not com not anywhere near competitive compared to uh, a London property. Um, coupled with the fact that you can get a mortgage, so you're uh, leveraging that property, so your your return on your capital employed is 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 much much higher. But it's also backed by an asset backed security in one of the strongest fundamental markets in the world. Okay, but the Bank of England has been aggressively raising its rates. And in February, the UK nationwide house price index recorded its largest annual fall of 1.1% in more than a decade. Are you seeing, uh, do you see sellers forego listing their properties until the market is somewhat more favorable? Um, I think perhaps in the secondhand market, if you don't need to sell and you know, you're, you're not looking or you don't have to move, then perhaps you're not listing your property. Um, but I think a, a more realistic indication of the market is what developers are bringing to the market. So whilst whilst the interest rate has increased, but we are still at a historically low rate. Um, and even as the base rate increases, the lending rates have spiked, but have continued to drop since January this year. Newspapers always talk about the headlines and the and the interest rates because that's what what grabs everybody's attention. And you can't open a paper in the UK without them talking about interest rates. But what's more important to consider is what is the market rate of the mortgage, and also where is the cost of living, um, and how can we save money for our customers uh, for that for that purpose. So so it's a little bit more complex. But I, I would say don't spend too much time uh, focused on the interest rates of the central bank look at the lending rates of the mortgage providers and also look at the pipeline of the developers, which will give you a, an indication of the demand that, that we're continuing to see in the capital. Stuart, thank you very much for your insights. I've been speaking to Stuart Leslie, International Sales and Marketing Director with Barrett London. That's all, we, that's all the time we have on the Property Show this week. Coming up next, we have the 10 a.m. News Bulletin followed by Enterprise. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.